0: Ladies and gentlemen,
1: you are tuned into another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. And now, your host, Paul Leslie.
2: Hey, it's me. Hello and welcome. How are you, my friend? I'm glad you're with us here on the Paul Leslie Hour. And I have an interview from the archives for you. This is an interview that dates back to the year 2007. It's an interview with Mr. Michael Utley. He is the musical director and keyboardist with Jimmy Buffett. He has an association that goes back quite a ways with Jimmy Buffett. He played on that album, A White Sport Coat and a Pink Crustacean, from 1973. So you do the math. He's been on every album since then. You could say that he's Jimmy Buffett's main musical guy. He's also produced many of the Jimmy Buffett albums through the years, and he's written a few songs with Jimmy Buffett. This interview went out on the radio. It was something where I played a little bit of interview, and then we would play a song from the album that we're going to be talking about. In fact, a lot of you might not know this, but the original radio show I had, it was first heard on Jimmy Buffett's radio, Margaritaville. It was called Time After Island Time in those days, And this interview was on the 100th episode of the radio show. The focus of this interview was an album, a CD-DVD combo. It was a Mailboat Records release called Live in Anguilla. It makes sense that Jimmy Buffett would record an album in the Caribbean. The album was recorded at the Dunn Preserve in Rendezvous Bay in Anguilla. I like how that sounds, Rendezvous Bay. Who wouldn't want to go there? There were some departures. There were some interesting places that they went musically. One of the highlights I remember was they did an interpretation of the Beach Boys classic, In My Room. It was really cool. Check it out. You can find out more about that. Just go to mailboatrecords.com. But in the interview, through us talking about this album, Live in Anguilla, there were some interesting tidbits that Michael Utley revealed. Information about the band, about Jimmy Buffett. Oh, yeah, be on the lookout, folks. There's an album from Jimmy Buffett being released on Mailboat Records. It's going to be out May 29th, 2020. It's called Life on the Flip Side, and Michael Utley co-produced it with Mac McAnally. If you think about it, Jimmy Buffett is really an anomaly. He's a very prolific recording and touring artist. He's approaching 30 albums, I think, something to the tune of 30 studio albums. There's not many people around right now who have released that number. I mean, I can think of off the top of my head, maybe Bob Dylan, Jerry Lee Lewis, Barbara Streisand, people like that. He is a man of incredible creative abundance. So anyways, I'll keep you apprised of the upcoming Jimmy Buffett album. Maybe we'll do something for that. Who knows? I haven't communicated with Mr. Utley in a long time, but I'm certain he's doing well. I certainly wish him well. And I've always wanted to interview him where he's sitting at a piano. Just maybe him playing instrumental stuff, maybe a couple questions. I mean, a fellow can dream, right? In addition to Michael Utley's work with Jimmy Buffett, he's worked with some really incredible people. This interview is really just the tip of the iceberg. This was my second interview with Michael Utley. I got to interview him in Key West one time with Robert Greenwich. We were talking about their group, Club Trini. I talked to them together. Anyhow, here is the interview with Michael Utley which we entitled, Recollections of Anguilla. Let me know what you think.
1: On behalf of our listening audience, I'm very happy to welcome Mr. Michael Utley as the special guest on our 100th episode. So thank you, Mr. Utley, for joining us here. How have you been doing?
0: I've been doing great, Paul. Just taking a little time off. You know, we finished the tour in Tampa, first part of November, and just getting ready for the holidays.
1: That sounds wonderful. On this episode we're going to talk about the new album Jimmy Buffett Live in Anguilla. I must say this is one of the best Buffett albums I've I've heard in a long time. You guys did a really wonderful job with the production.
0: Well, thank you very much. Yeah, we worked uh, quite a while. We On this album, we tried to do some uh, songs that we haven't done in a while, particularly on live albums. So, you know, we worked on those for several days prior to going down to Anguilla. And uh, I think it, uh, it, you know, well, I know it definitely helped us, but since we hadn't played them in a while, it... uh it was a little unnerving in a way because usually when we do rehearsals, we go through and, and play the songs two or three, at least two or three times before we do them live. And these, we didn't have a chance to do that. You know, like Criola we hadn't played in a while. The version of, of One Particular Harbor, that's a, a new version that we're, we're doing now in the live show. So, uh, yeah, it, it, but it was exciting for us.
1: The thing is, it it came off extremely well, it sounded like they were rehearsed, and kind of what you were saying, that's one of the things I noticed about this release, is that there's all of these older songs, a lot more of the rare Buffett songs, like When Salome Plays the Drum, which to the real hardcore fans, that's what they really want to hear. And Buffett has so many of these great songs, I think that's really what sets this recording apart, makes it really special, in my opinion. Do you think that Buffett is going to be performing more of these older songs in in some of the future shows?
0: Oh, definitely. Definitely. In fact, uh, you know, when Jimmy was putting this project together, we all sort of submitted to Mac and myself and some other people. Savannah, you know, submitted our good songs. You know, he, he put all the lists together and we had we had a meeting out on the road and then he finalized the list. You know, and then we went in and and rehearsed. We sort of did it a little differently because everybody was in in different places. We did the basic rhythm section of the people that live in Nashville. We did them, and then we sent out what we had worked on to other people. And, you know, so it, it wasn't the normal way of rehearsal that we usually do. But it seemed to work out all right.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about how the idea to go to Anguilla got started?
0: The way I understand it is that Banky Banks, you know, Jimmy's been traveling down that way with he and his old friend, Kino Bachelier, Christian Bachelier, Kino, they you know, been St. Bards, St. Martin, uh, Anguilla. You know, they've spent uh, much time down there, and th- they always had the idea. You know, uh, I think uh, Kino had seen Banky's place and thought it'd be a great place. And-, and I think he talked to Jimmy about having a show there, and Jimmy's been thinking about doing shows like this. He wants to do things that he wants to do,
1: right? And
0: that he hasn't been able to do yet. And so that's that's what this is all about.
1: The good thing about this CD and the DVD is just that, that it's two, and you get to also see, and for those people that didn't get to go there, you kind of get to see what the island is like. Uh, I've never been to Anguilla. I'd really like to go sometime, and after seeing the DVD especially. So I was wondering, other than what we could see from the DVD, what about the island stood out in your mind?
0: There was parts of it that were very scenic, you know, we didn't get to spend much time away from the stage. <laughs> you know, we didn't get to travel by the island that much. And we were staying real close to uh the Dunes Preserve. So, you know, basically all I, we would do is walk down to where the stage was being built. So I didn't really get to see that much. But it was, it, we had a... You know, you took a boat over from St. Martin to uh, Anguilla, and then I suppose where we were staying was four or five miles from the uh, harbor where the boats come in.
1: It sounds like it was a very exciting time.
0: Oh, it was. It was. It definitely was.
1: Kind of jumping across the ocean here to France, I wanted to know if you could tell us about that concert. That seemed like that was also an adventure. I've heard there might be a release of that one as well.
0: Yes, there's much talk about that. We played a club there that seats 400. It's a jazz club. We flew over and basically had a sound check and then did the show. And it was amazing to see these people coming in. Uh, A lot of the people were from all over the U.S., Canada. There weren't as many French people there as there was, you know, like Parrotheads. I've met people that have been to all three, Anguilla, I mean, when I say three, the third one being the, uh, the Shell in Hawaii that we just played. They went to Anguilla, uh, Paris and, and the Shell. And I said, this is unbelievable. These are true fans.
1: I was reading in Time Magazine where uh, Jimmy Buffett said he's going to be doing more of these unique shows in the exotic locales, and it's really fascinating when you think about it. There's not really any music artist right now that is doing things that are so original to go to someplace like a tropical island and record something like this. So I was wondering, since you get to perform both the large shows and the amphitheaters, how do you feel about these types of shows coming from your perspective as one of the performers? Well... It's
0: unique, and it's it's a really lot of fun for us. But after speaking, you know, I've had friends, Parrothead friends, that have come and seen one or two of these types of shows, and they, they can't believe it. They they love it. And so it, it's great for them, you know, to get out of the large venues, to see Jimmy perform in a more intimate environment.
1: The part I liked the most was when the band came out and performed the little segment and there was nobody in between the band and the audience. It was just real just like you would expect someone playing on the beach that maybe wasn't as famous as Jimmy Buffett. Just real intimate and personal, like when he did Chanson pour les petits enfants. Yes, yeah. Song for the children. Yeah, that was yes. that was just really cool. You know, yes, just yeah,
0: yeah. I mean there was nothing staged about that. That was on the beach and uh You know, there were some uh, issues about recording it because of the wind and the surf, but uh, we were able to, uh, you know, along with the expertise of all the engineers and, uh, you know, Mac and I and Rich Davis, Chris Stone and Alan Shulman, who are, you know, the recording engineers, uh, you know, in other words, to eliminate noise when we had to and to enhance the sound of the surf when it seemed uh, appropriate, it, it worked out nicely.
1: Also, in Time Magazine, Buffett mentioned there was a, a chance of doing something like this uh, on Easter Island.
0: He's talked about that. He's talked about Tahiti at some point. So, you know, this is something that he wants to do in the future. You know, he's done the stadiums, and he still loves doing that, you know, because uh, like when we did Gillette Stadium this year in Boston was was amazing. You know, we did Wrigley a couple of years ago and Fenway. You know, he's always wanted to to go to the obscure places. I mean, he always wanted to play the 12 best bars of the world, (laughs) you know. I mean, he was always talking about that, and he still might do that.
1: I guess that's a good thing about having your own record label. Whatever you dream, you can kind of create yourself.
0: That's it. That's it. That's it.
1: So I was wondering also, what was your impression of the special guest on the album, Banky Banky
0: Banky, well, that's his place. We worked up the song. He had a recording of it, and uh, like I said, when we rehearsed it, we we rehearsed it in Nashville and worked it up, and so we only got to play it with him one time, a run-through at sound check. It keeps you on your toes, but I like it that way. I, you know, I like uh, having the challenge, and I think everybody in the band does, uh, particularly with uh, material we hadn't done in a while or have ever done, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed playing with Banky. He's a great guy.
1: Kind of keeps things fresh, I guess.
0: It definitely does.
1: The other different thing about the album, other than duets that Buffett has done, I don't think right. I've ever seen an official Buffett album which featured anyone else other than Jimmy Buffett doing the lead vocals. And it really came out great, the cover that Peter Mayer sang with the band of Waiting right, Vade. Right, 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 and it, right. Like I was saying, that's one of the great things about this release, the variety of stuff on it. Do you think there'll be more things like that spotlighting the Coral Reefers in the future?
0: Definitely. I I definitely think so. You know, uh, Nadira's doing a a new album, several of Jimmy's tunes, some of her originals, Max producing it. And uh, I would imagine that next year that we'll be featuring her some more. You know, when we were out this summer and fall, instead of Peter doing the the song... um, the Marley tune, she would do a song, maybe one of Jimmy's tunes with Mac. So, I mean, that's going to be happening more and more, I think.
1: Was there any track in particular on Live in Anguilla that you especially liked?
0: I like the way that the version of uh, One Particular Harbor. I think that's really, really cool. um, The way it starts off acoustically and goes into the, the full band, I don't have the DVD or CD in front of me. What are some of the more uh, obscure ones that we do?
1: Distantly in Love was on it. Halloween in Tijuana—that was really cool. The way that came off.
0: Well, you know, having Jake there was incredible. The thing that he and Robert did, uh, which I don't—you don't have that much of it on on the CD, but at the live show, there was several minutes of uh, them trading off. They did it on uh, Halloween in Tijuana. You know, that intro, uh, which is always exciting, particularly to have Jake, you know, with us. And, and uh, he's such an unbelievable ukulele player, musician, great guy.
1: Yeah, it seems like Jimmy Buffett's very good at finding new and unique musicians. Yes, you don't, he's always looking. Just as far as the whole project, going out there and performing, doing the production, was there anything about the experience that you particularly liked?
0: You know, a lot of the people that we see at the larger venues were there. I felt like they really felt like they were a part of this thing, and yeah. that was that was really unique. You know, I mean, I was there for life by the Bay. Parrot Heads really hadn't come around yet, but that was a unique experience. You know, that sort of in that's in in a way that's about when it started. The whole Parrot Head thing it was not too much longer after that. And uh yeah it was just great watching the crowd cuz they definitely were into it.
1: One of the things I thought about kind of going along the same lines as you are about the crowd, I thought about like some of the the little kids in the audience and how they first of all they got to be on the DVD which is neat, but they'll probably remember this for the rest of their life, the time that they got to go to a Caribbean island and see Jimmy Buffett that close up. I mean that's some that's one of those things they're probably going to remember that their entire life. Oh,
0: oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we remember it. We You know, see, Paul, we've seen kids grow up before our eyes. <laughs> you know, they, I mean, they, you know, start coming to the show when they're six or seven, and they're grown now. You know, they're 20, you know, 25, 26 years old, um, which is, it, it, it's a real treat.
1: Kind of shifting another gear, has there been any side r- projects going on with you as far as producing or as far as Club Trinity or anything else?
0: no uh Robert and I uh, and the rest of the club Trini uh group uh you know we we plan on doing another album, but it's been relatively busy with jimmy uh Mac and I you know doing the different live albums that uh have come out over the past two or three years, plus the studio album. You know, that, that took quite a bit of time. Plus, you know, it, the touring and like last year, we were, it seemed like, on the road a lot more than uh, the, the previous year. particularly, you know, from August through uh, the first week of November. So uh, it we hadn't really had the time to put our efforts into, you know, doing like an, another club training. A, as you know, we have the three albums that Robert and I did, for MCA Master Series that we were able to get back our license from Universal, which was uh, we'd been trying to do for about uh, about ten years because they had been out of print for that long. So, wow. uh, and we were happy about
1: that. Doesn't really appear as if Jimmy Buffett will ever retire, <laughs> but it does seem like he's being more selective. Yes, he do you, is. Do you he's think he's
0: doing more things that he? Like I said, he's doing more. Uh, projects that he wants to do, which is I think great. The Paris gig he's been talking about that, I don't know, since the eighties. And it finally happened. It came finally came to fruition. And I mean there's other things that he's been talking about. You know, we went to Tahiti in eighty one, you know, to do one particular harbor. I, I would imagine in the near future that we'll go back there.
1: Well wow. I guess no complaints from you. (laughs) No. (laughs) no, no. Do you think eventually all of the shows will be smaller, more intimate ones like this?
0: I think so. I think there'll still be big shows. He loves doing the living room set, uh, which he did back in 86 or 88. 88, I think it was. I think he did with Mac. You know, I mean, we have such different configurations of the band. There's the beach band, which is Robert and Ralph, Mac, and Jimmy and then there's the large beach band which had Pete and Jim in there and Tina and Nadira you know what i mean that's what you saw on the anguilla you know the beginning of the anguilla show right and um then there's uh there's the club trinity band which is basically the same thing with Roger and myself and John Lovell sometimes and then there's the full band with Doyle and just different configurations
1: there is a, a, a gentleman from Africa that has s- sang a couple of songs with Jimmy.
0: Yes, Elo, new project. Tony Brown and uh, Mac, McAnally, are, are producing this record along with Jimmy. He found, I think it's the Cape Verde Islands, and uh, they've cut about eight tracks, I believe, and they plan on cutting some more, and uh, he's really, you know, upbeat about, uh, about him. And, and, you know, the only time I've, been around him was he sat in with us in Boston at Gillette Stadium and and it was terrific.
1: He's really something else. Yes. Well Mr. Otley I I thank you so much for being kind enough to give us another interview. (laughs) I have
0: Oh sure boss.
1: I have to say the one thing that amazes me is that you've been with Jimmy Buffett for a very long time and it is a very big show. It's a very big production but you still manage to stay so down to earth. What and you're always you know you're always talking to the fans so oh, I yeah. just wanted to say thank you for being so laid back.
0: Oh, you, you're very welcome. I enjoy it. I, I enjoy talking to the fans. I mean, you know, it, it's it's great. I've developed some great friendships. Yeah. Because, because they were parrot heads, you know. So it's, 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 it's a pleasure for me being able to, you know, to have the one-on-one. Like doing these gigs, the Anguilla and the Paris, you're able to talk to people. You know, I mean, we used to play out in front of the show, the Club Trinity, and we were able to talk to different people. And then, you know, we do the Meeting of the Minds, and that's another time. You know, we do these other charity events with the the uh, Parent Head Clubs. We get something back, you know, and and, it, and it's really nice.
1: Well, I thank you for your time again. And before you go, is there anything you'd like to say to all those people out there? <laughs>
0: Just keep having fun and keep coming to the shows. <laughs> and it, I tell you what, no, it's just I just keep enjoying the music because we do. We enjoy playing for you, and uh, it's it's our pleasure to do it.
1: All right, Mister Utley. Well, I hope that we have another interview someday. And thank you for being the one hundredth episode of Time After Island Time.
0: Well, thank you for having me. It was a great privilege to be the one hundred. You know, uh, broadcast.
1: All right. Well, great.
0: All right.
2: Thank you for listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. Hosted, written, and produced by Paul Leslie. Intro theme song Alexander's Ragtime Band, written by Irving Berlin, performed by Dan Barrett. Outro Scatting G Things, improvised, performed, and produced by John Goodwin. Until next time.
1: Goodbye.